Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne, 27. And I'm Sammy. <laughs> and we are back at reviewing, reviewing. What are we reviewing, guys? The news! The news! Oh, the news! There Time for the uh, Rona edition. <laughs> The Rona edition of the news. There has been news trickling out from the Hollywoods, and we've been keeping up with it, along with uh, we've really upstepped our movie uh, review output and laid off the news. But with all of the reschedulings, all of the casting, all of the debates, streaming or theatrical release, we feel like we've got some things to discuss this week. So... Do we want to dust off the typewriter and run through the newsroom? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's see if it still works. All right, so our first item is the obvious and the thing that has to be addressed on the Rona edition of the news. The rescheduling. All <laughs> the rescheduling. There's so much. Um... So normally, the, you know, the summer is the busy time, right? There's so many movies that come out, and the big movies come out, and the tent poles all happen, except there is no summer. <laughs> yeah, this season of summer blockbusters feels much like trying to get a doctor's appointment through the corona uh, <laughs> pandemic. Everything is being rescheduled. <laughs> so, I, so we've got, um, I think we've all got big lists in front of us, and so maybe we could just pick out a few um, things that really jump out at us. Um, okay. One of the surprising ones to me um, was the Mulan rescheduling. Um, and the reason that jumps out is they didn't move it much. <laughs> I mean, it was a Mar- originally March 27th release. They moved it to July. And, I mean, it's, it is late July, but it's still July. I mean, I don't understand the reasoning for that unless there's something to do with, like, the Chinese market. Um because I know they're banking on making a lot of money in, in Asia, right. especially like Chinese theaters. Um, maybe they're s- assuming that'll still be available then. But I mean, that's that's just baffling to me that they, it only got moved that far. Yeah, I think Disney is still trying to uh, hang on to that summer blockbuster season with just such a small move. I know a lot of movies are being pushed back, you know, nine months to a year. Right. But, uh, you know, this movement, uh, such a small leap. You know, and I guess even hoping theaters are able to be back at capacity for that to make the money, you know, to to latch on to that summer blockbuster. And I know Disney uh, recently reported that through this pandemic, with all the shutdowns, that they have had a billion dollar loss. Wow! So they're definitely going to be looking to recoup some of that. Yeah. Release the new mutants. <laughs> well, that's another surprise. <laughs> Uh, not so much a surprise rescheduling. <laughs> yeah, so so New Mutants got another scheduled date, another sure. scheduled date. <laughs> August yeah, I love 28th. the thing I saw. August twentieth. Yeah, I love the thing I saw on uh, uh, Instagram, and it was uh, New Mutants has been rescheduled. Here's all of the New Mutants rescheduling, and it went from like the original <laughs> date, and it had like six. Yeah. Six lines of dates of all the reschedulings that it had had. But I'm kind of with uh, Jamie's opinion while we were doing our pre-show discussion there. He's going to believe it when he, when he pays <laughs> the clerk at the theater. That's all right. When I'm holding a ticket that says New Mutants, you know, Cinema Room B, 
three-year whatever, then I'll believe it. I, I, I tell you, I do. I think this will eventually go VOD. I will be surprised if it ever does release at the theater. Well, now they teased us with the VOD release and then uh, took it back. Yeah. Yes, they did. <laughs> Fucking hour. You want it? Nope. <laughs> you want it? Nope. <laughs> what, what confuses me about that one, though, is so they moved New Mutants to August 28th. Uh, but they moved Black Widow from May 1st to November 6th. Wouldn't mm. it have made more sense to give Black Widow that weekend? That August release date? Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. So with Black Widow with November 6th, what do you think is the thought process? Are they trying to get that early holiday kind of buzz going on there probably with that November date, you think? Yeah, you're looking at a closer to, you know, Thanksgiving, the holiday, the winter, people being maybe stuck in a lot more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't have a large of a uh, resurgence of this virus as, you know, some people may be thinking, but yeah, the uh, the winter season has been pretty kind to the blockbusters, you know, since Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter's, mm-hmm. you know, hit that quite a bit. Well, you know, when you when you look at the list of, of movies as far as nerd movies that are coming out, you know, The King's Man, that prequel to Kingsman, is September 18th. Then there's nothing else until Black Widow. The next one after that is James Bond on November 25th. So there's a huge window that they can cash in with Black Widow. That's not the date I have for No Time to Die. Oh, really? I've got August. I've got November twelfth. Oh, next okay. Weekend after Black Widow. Ooh, okay. At the twenty fifth. Lovely. That was that. That was my next bit of confusion. Like Black Widow and Bond seem to. I mean, especially the way this Black Widow trailer has looked. It's a mm-hmm. espionage type movie. Yeah. It feels like it's yeah. fitting sort of like outside of people who were hardcore MCU fans. I feel like it's the same sort of wheelhouse, which shares sort of an audience. I wouldn't want them that close together. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's no, that, interesting with the MCU how that that move of Black Widow has bumped everything out. They just kind of moved their whole schedule out six months, you know. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're just discussing movies, but that's also their, their TV schedule is messed yeah. up too. Because yeah. I, I, I heard initially that Winter's, uh, Winter Soldier and, and Falcon was done filming and they were going to have that ready to go, but it wasn't done. No. And so, yeah. And WandaVision wasn't done. And so that's all pushed way back. Ghostbusters got a big move. Uh, Morbius got moved back a lot. I mean, a lot of the nerd-type movies, I mean, got really pushed back. Yeah. But the, the, I think the most baffling one to me is probably the Black Widow one. Uh, it's just, it's like a, it just feels like a strange date for a big, you know, MCU temple. Yeah, and especially being under the Disney umbrella, only moving Milan a short distance and then moving yeah, Black weird. Widow so much. Yeah, really strange. Which I wonder if they don't, I mean, which it wouldn't be the same audience anyway. Wouldn't have them combating each other for box office dollars. Right. Didn't the Thor movies release in November? Ragnarok and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think they were fall movies. I don't think as I far as they were. I think they were fall hmm. movies more, more September, October, November. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that that still may they still may feel real comfortable with that time frame. Very interesting. I may be, be misremembering some stuff then. That may be my confusion then. I'm just, 
I guess I'm just imagining them all as big summer tent poles. Right. I guess if you're losing three a year, you, you, they can't all be summer. Yeah, they can all be summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next news item is one that is near and dear to our heart and is one that we were told wasn't going to happen anytime soon and they can't help themselves. Uh, so the the Star Wars break that we were told was going to happen is uh, not going to happen. It was announced that Taika Waititi is going to be writing and directing a Star Wars movie. What do you think, fellas? Sammy, say what you need to say, Noel. Spill my two cents in a moment. <laughs> okay. Now, now hang on to some of that, boy. Hang on to some of that. <laughs> we have a segment. But uh, I just I thought it was interesting, though, that they, they chose the May 4th date for the May the 4th be with you for the release on this, um, you know, especially with no Star Wars celebration or convention season really this summer, um, be able to drop that, I guess, on, you know, quote unquote Star Wars Day, though most people say that's what, May 25th. But... Uh, <laughs> Doesn't flow off the tongue the same way as made before. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but but you know, I just think it was kind of interesting they did drop it on May fourth. All right, Dwayne. <laughs> oh well, that's that's. Um, I know you know we've seen this with the sequels. Uh, you know, you, you they get this hot new director in. They develop a story. They develop a script. They bring it to Disney, and they say, "Oh no, we don't like that. You're fired." You know. Or, you know, the, the new director gets tangled up in another, uh, you know, franchise and they and they quit and move and go their own way. Uh, you know, and Taika Waititi has really become a hot commodity. He's really shown his worth in, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok and as his role in The Mandalorian. Um, you know, and we see uh, his uh, movie now turned show, What We Do in the Shadows, you know, is just phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, I'm really curious as to his take on Star Wars. I'm really kind of nervous about it, uh, to be honest. I know he's uh, got uh, the co-writer uh, on this, uh, which comes from the movie 1917. That's yeah, Chris Wilson Carnes or Cairns or something to that effect. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, which by all accounts is a phenomenal movie. Uh, so hopefully they can bring some some gritty warness to uh, the Star Wars. Well, I think, I think that one of the things you said there, I think, is the, is the key to this. Um, you said he, he's done, you know, Thor Ragnarok, which means this isn't a wild card. Mar- I mean, Disney knows he's done Marvel work. He's done a little bit of Star Wars work. There's a comfort level there. Um, this isn't Lord Miller coming in off the street, you know, somebody they don't know. Um, it's not Gareth Edwards that they don't have a relationship with. I think that relationship leads to a big comfort level there. And I he's comfortable working in the Disney style. system. Yeah, I'm just not sure how much his style would lend itself to a full movie uh, of Star Wars. You know, uh, I know he had directed the last episode of The Mandalorian, which was phenomenal. But I don't know that his style would lend itself to a full movie hopefully his character development and things would work well well i'm i'm gonna tell you my theory um and that might make you less happy if i'm right <laughs> based <laughs> on what you just said so they keep wanting a trilogy right ryan johnson was supposed to make a trilogy mm-hmm. um that's not happening um, no. <laughs> and then they hired the game of thrones people to make a trilogy that's not happening 
they're desperate for the next trilogy. I think we're going to find out that Taika Waititi is not making a single Star Wars movie. They've given him that trilogy slot. I wonder how many elements of the development that the Game of Thrones guys and Ryan Johnson did will be uh, integrated into his things. Because you know that they have you know worked story elements, that they've worked storylines, characters, uh, events out. Of course, Disney owns all that. That doesn't I, quit when the writers quit. I think it's with the same uh, garbage bin as Colin Trevorrow's script for episode nine. <laughs> well, as we know, that garbage bin has been the internet, so it can be, can be dug up. <laughs> but, uh, but staying in a universe or a galaxy far away and long ago, that never has quite made sense to me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> our third news item is Mandalorian casting announcements. Yes. Okay. All right, Sammy, why don't you lead us off, man? <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously, as we were talking about with a lot of the Marvel stuff for Disney+, Plus, uh, it's not ready. So it's not going to be there. The Mandalorian is still set for October. Season 2 will be there. And they have started to eke out some casting news. And some of this I'm really, really excited about. Other parts... I'm a little nervous about, I'll be quite honest. Okay. So the biggest one for me that I'm excited about is Katie Sackoff will be playing Bo Katan, reprising her original voice role from the Clone Wars and to also live action. A bit of Rebels, yeah. Yes, to live action. Mm. Yep. That is a very uh, a fan favorite character. Uh, something that's got me really excited is uh, Rosario Dawson uh, obtaining the role of Ahsoka Tano. I know Ashley Eckstein has been famously the voice actress for that, but I don't think Ashley could pull off the physicality and the intimidation on screen. Rosario Dawson could really pull off the physicality that uh, you know that that role requires. I think the uh, the acting, the makeup, I think will look amazing on her. But that isn't the only casting news we have. Now you're getting to the one I'm nervous about. Uh, Tamara Morrison is back as Boba Fett? I don't think I like this. We need to leave Boba alone. Well, what if you take it this way? What if you have Tamara Morrison back playing Captain Rex? That would be one thing. That's not what the internet told me is going to be happening. <laughs> well, I mean, Tamara Morrison, you know, he is he is most famous for his role as Boba Fett, but you know, he also played all of the adult clones. Yeah, you know, uh, just face acting, or you know, his scan. Really, I think they only just scanned his face and then and then just duplicated on every on. There was like no clones on set. Right. Okay. No set for clones. But yeah, I think probably what they're going to do is I think you're going to have Rex because, and especially if you've seen the last few episodes of this new final season of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have Rex still hanging with Ahsoka. See, okay. the, I hope you're right. The only good thing, if it is Boba Fett, is we're going to see a Disney in canon 
explanation for how he got out of the Sarlacc. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and Bubba, I mean, by all accounts, got, got out of the Sarlacc. You know, so it would not be a miss, or it could be a. Uh, a okay, uh, flash you've got the old. Possibly. You've got too much oldie you in your head, bro. <laughs> New <laughs> Disney canon says he didn't come out of that Sarlacc pit. I've read the books. He he didn't come out. The Sarlacc spit out his armor, and a lawman on Tatooine or wherever that was. I'm pretty sure it's Tatooine, but I, I'm I'm old and I'm tired. And a lawman <laughs> found the armor. I mean, he didn't get out of the Sarlacc Disney, pit. Do you even think Disney pays attention to their books? <laughs> their, 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 their philosophy is now it's all equally canon. There's not tears right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, along with you know the equally canon, we do have some equally great directors still on this thing. Mm-hmm. Taika Waititi. We've got you know Dave Filoni, John Favreau coming back, and a couple new names that have already been announced. Guys, I'm excited. Spy kids. Dusk to Dawn, <laughs> Sin City, Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the man right there. I want a Cantina episode. <laughs> El Mariachi. As long as Antonio Banderas comes in with a uh, guitar case full of lightsabers. Now, they need a Banderas cameo on the Robert Rodriguez episode. That needs <laughs> to happen. <laughs> now, I think they need a Cheech Marin myself, but... <laughs> 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 but but I, I'm assuming there's more names going to dribble out from the directors oh, yeah. here, though. Oh, yeah. I, I think because we, we know about Favreau, and we know Robert Rodriguez, and we know Peyton Reed. Uh, those are names we know so far. I think there are going to be more. I don't think they're just going to – those three guys aren't rotating. I think there's going to be more names to dribble out. I think they're saving mm-hmm. those to, to keep promoting the show and keeping it in our before our you know consciousness. So. Well, we have some uh, interesting news coming up with some possible uh, Sandra Bullock casting. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Uh, Sammy, tell us what you put on the list here for uh, for number four. All right. So, in a recent interview, Sly Stallone has confirmed that there will be a sequel to Demolition Man. Demolition Man 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so this means we get the return of John Spartan. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's a cool name, okay? It is a cool name. No matter what you think about the movie, it's a cool name. It's like there, there's a Silver Age character. His name is Lancelot Strong. You know, it's, it's one of those names. It's just like a cool name, right? So John Spartan works really nice with this. But I do think there's a couple of questions, as Dwayne alluded to. Will Sandra Bullock return as Huxley? How will Wesley Snipes return? Because remember, his character's name was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, the two things I've heard, um, mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to find out a whole lot of information, but the two things I've heard are that Sly and Snipes are both going to be back. And so mm-hmm. that Phoenix is going to rise. And that there will be another big time jump. Because if you remember, Stallone was a, like, I guess he was all on ice for, he did the, got, did the Steve Rogers thing for, you know, a right. generation. That there's right. going to be, that's going to happen again. And that apparently this time, Phoenix and Spartan are going under, are going to wake up even further into the future. Apparently that's <laughs> the plan as of now. And 
that, that might get them around Sandra Bullock not coming back because it doesn't sound like she's interested at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it was kind of an interesting premise anyway because it was kind of this utopian future that didn't know how to deal with the extreme violence of Stallone and, and, and uh, Snipes' characters. So if this is jumping into the future, I think that's going to be an interesting concept based on what they've learned with, with, with those characters, with Spartan and Phoenix, how will that society have changed in that time? And I think that should be an interesting exploration, no matter how good the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> now, whether the first movie is good or not, it was an interesting premise. Yeah. It was a movie. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was a movie. I saw it. And, and, you know, and, and it existed. Stallone's on a, on a roll, right? He finished up Rambo with Last Blood. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got Rocky closed, the book closed on Rocky now. So. Well, I'm with Jamie, what he said earlier. As long as he comes back and we get a Cobra 2, <laughs> wrapping up Cobra, I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> now, that's not what Jamie wanted to see. Jamie, you wanted to see what? Over the top two. <laughs> and I didn't say I wanted to see it. <laughs> that was not the phrase I used. <laughs> well, since we're talking about back in the day, let's go ahead and uh, hit the rewind button and maybe speed this up on our roundtable rewind. All right. So for our roundtable rewind, our first item is something that is uh, most definitely Sammy territory. Okay, DC... guys, guys, I see comics on here. I will step out for a moment. I'll be back. <laughs> go see how to Scooby Force. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the DC slash Marvel slash Diamond Shipping Wars. Sammy, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of what's going on there? All right, so anybody who's a big comic fan, and, and that includes Jamie and myself both, you know, and Dwayne, wherever he stepped out to, um, you know, definitely, you know, the, the whole corona and the kind of close down of the industry has been a big thing. You know, it's affected comic books. Uh, we've had a few digital releases, and your primary distributor in the U.S. is Diamond, and they completely quit shipping. So there are boxes and boxes of comics sitting in a warehouse somewhere waiting to be shipped. Well, we call this shipping wars because DC's decided that uh, they're not going to wait. And, you know, they announced a little bit ago, a few weeks ago, uh, in their own little shot heard around the world, essentially, that they were going with different uh, distributors. And they've got two, one for the eastern U.S. and one for the western. Uh, and they're going to release on Tuesdays now. <laughs> so... So that's that's something. <laughs> and um, I I've never worked at a comic book shop, and I've been reading digitally for several years now. Um, digitally only, sorry, local comic book shops. Um, <laughs> but um, from what I have heard, um, Diamond's kind of a beast to deal with, and so I'm all about them getting some competition. Um, mm -hmm. Last time I checked, the Monopoly that's any good is the board game. So um, may maybe um, some competition might force Diamond to change some of their business practices that might make them a better distributor, might make them better for the industry as a whole. So I yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for a little bit of competition. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I think that that is a good thing. You know, we had numerous distributors uh, throughout 
the history of comics up to probably the 90s uh, when Marvel decided to distribute on their own. And But, you know, I think on the other side of that, though, from a comic shop point of view, um, multiple distributors are tough because you're having to make orders from different companies. Uh, Diamond, despite the fact that that they can get a little lax sometimes based on what I've seen, um, you know, having one company that, that you go through for everything you need is probably good for shops. But I do think that competition could maybe up that game a little bit. Well, I know that some of like they, I mean, a lot of the sales numbers are, hard to understand because of the way diamond does their business practices and like the not being able to return unsold copies i mean mm-hmm. some of that stuff that's a problem for stores they might you know might relax a little bit if they've got some competition right mm-hmm. um some of that some of those policies might change that would help comic book shops so so on the upside though when you're listening to this episode um wednesday may 20th will be the date that diamond starts shipping again to comic shops so when you're listening to this episode, you've got a couple days, and you may have some books at your local shop. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, our, our next news item is another slightly baffling one. Um, and we're all Nolan fans on the show here, um, as are all discerning viewers of movies. Um, <laughs> Tenet. We've all been excited about Tenet. We don't know much about it, except for who's in it. Um, as usual with Nolan, I mean, really sparse on plot details before you get to uh, sit in the seat. Uh, Tenet, it. They didn't move that. <laughs> nope. Um, it's just sitting on a July 17th release date. What are your guys' thoughts about that? Well, apparently Nolan, uh, as meticulous as he is with his movie making, is uh, turning out to be as meticulous on release date and uh, schedule there. So, uh yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see that. Now I know the uh, looking at the uh, reopening schedule uh, in our state, it looks like movie theaters are getting to be to reopen what around the 24th possibly uh, to start start doing some things. So it's not far off for maybe you know nationally some stuff to open back up uh, a lot looser for this to happen. Especially you know out in July, uh, we still have uh, you know June to go through. But, uh, yeah, I'm really, really interested to see because I really don't want these movie theaters to have huge gaps in movies, you know, because so much has been on hold. So much has been released straight to, to VOD. So much has been rescheduled, you know, and it's going to be tough on these movie theaters, not only with the stigma of, you know, the virus in the air and in closed quarters and are they sanitizing we know notoriously movie theaters are famous for not sanitizing things, <laughs> you know, keeping, keeping up their cleaning standards. Um, so, you know, that's going to be really interesting to me to see how this uh, pans out with movie theaters in the next few months. Yeah, th- th- there were a number of years. I thought, I thought my feet sinking to the floor was just part of the experience. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, but one of my concerns, though, is like, from what I've been told, through the rest of this calendar year, most theaters are going to be restricted to 25 to 50% of their seating capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan doesn't make cheap movies. <laughs> no. This doesn't seem like a good way to be profitable. Um, yeah. yeah. And 
Well, maybe I mean, they'll make that money with longer runs in theaters, you know, with less movies biting for time. Maybe. Um, but, but also, they're also part of the rules are going to be in like some states, you're not allowed to sell concessions because mm-hmm. people have to remove their masks to eat. And so, I mean, that, I mean, theaters make most of the money from concessions, not yep. the ticket sales. Oh, yeah, not and the so, ticket sales, definitely not. And so, I mean, this it just seems like a strange scenario to release something that was not a cheap movie to be made. And I, I know Nolan's goal seems to be like, you know, a one man crusade to save the movie industry, but like, I don't know. This just seems like it's, too soon, too fast, and like maybe doomed to fail. But let me ask you this. I mean, despite the fact that, you know, I do like Christopher Nolan's movies, you know, is this the kind of movie that is going to jumpstart that cinema experience? Is this the movie that people are going to go, I'm putting on a mask and I'm going out there no matter what, you know, kind of deal? Well, if there's anybody who can do it, it's probably Nolan. I mean, he's yeah. probably got that most sort of brand loyalty, you know, name. Yeah, name recognition, especially. Yeah. yeah, and there are a lot of people like, you know, some of us who are like, you know, if Nolan makes a movie, I'm going to watch it, you know. Right. You know, if I've got to, you know, cross a, you know, flooded river and fight through flames, put on my mask and, you know, <laughs> fight through a sticky floor and get to my seat, you know, I'm going to watch a Nolan movie. Right. Uh, he's probably the only one, but they've only got 25% seating capacity. Um, and people are afraid to go out in the enclosed space during the current during the pandemic i mean i don't know it just it seems like a strange scenario yeah. i'm nervous it's it's very interesting and i know uh, a lot of folks are talking about the theater experience you know and i know that's a big thing for nolan uh, uh jamie you, as we were talking about this earlier you talked you know he still films on film you know still has the reels since where everybody now is digitally almost but uh yeah it seems that uh that this could be, and he, he does have that name of making something so special. You know, his, his movies are all just kind of deep and special. That he may be, you know, onto something special there. I don't know. I hope we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, staying on the uh, theater wars, our third item on the rewind is <laughs> the Universal versus AMC showdown or SmackDown or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this all started when Universal released uh, Trolls World Tour, and -hmm. apparently it went really well, and they made a lot of money. And so they announced they will be sending more movies straight to VOD and maybe doing same-day releases. And so like, uh, so when a movie goes to theaters, it goes to VOD at the exact same time, same weekend, same everything. Um, And then AMC responded, no, uh uh-uh. (laughs) <laughs> and so now no you didn't are, no you didn't <laughs> not and in now my theater so now they said that we won't be showing any universal movies ever in AMC theaters well, so then a, basically a mean girl slap fight and hair pulling happened after that and <laughs> and I really I really feel like I need Michael Pena to narrate the <laughs> universal AMC story Ant-Man style I, I, can, yes. I can hear Pena doing it you know uh, and, and then the and then the CEO from Universal became the CEO from AMC. Exactly. And he's like, "Yo, man, listen here, dude." Exactly. <laughs> I can hear it, man. Oh, you know, Jamie, you were talking about with Trolls World, World Tour. Uh, they made a hundred million in the first three weeks of the VOD release. Yeah. So well, I, I won't tell desperate. you. 
really, you know, I was going to say, yeah, listen, 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 I've got a little narrative for you there too. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the house two or three weeks. We've been through all the movie collection on the shelf. We've been through Amazon. We're watching Roblox playthroughs, you know, on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, these kids get wind. Yeah, these kids get wind. Mm. Oh, Trolls. We like the Trolls movie, you know, and we wound up watching it. We wound up, and I will tell you, uh, I will tell you, the first probably 10 minutes of the movie was really, really difficult because um, I guess so many people were streaming it that first day out and everybody being stuck in. Now, I know it's been a big debate as home television screens or even home projection screens get larger as home sound systems get better you know people have talked about well why do i need to go out to the theater and pay 10 bucks for a coke 12 dollars for a popcorn 10 dollars for a ticket when i can sit home make food that i like that i own <laughs> or order something you know special you know, from the restaurant down the way and, and enjoy it in the comfort of my own home. And I will tell you guys, paying 20 bucks for an online rental is a heck of a lot cheaper <laughs> than hauling the five of us to a movie theater, getting five tickets, three <laughs> kids. You're not wrong. A soda yeah. and a popcorn for me and the wife to share. I mean, that's a... You know, that's a 60, 70 buck evening right there, easy, if not 80. And then, you know, you're going to eat, you know, McDonald's or Burger King before or afterward because, <laughs> you know, the popcorn didn't fill you up or, or you know, we're going to eat beforehand so we don't have to get the ticket, you know, so we don't have to get the kids back. So we go, oh, I want the kids back, I want the cubbies and the slushies, you know, and whatnot. And uh, what was cool about my experience with Trolls is uh, we rented it on Amazon. A couple days later, Amazon said, oh, we saw you had a really poor viewing experience. Here's your 20 bucks back. Wow. Huh. You know, I never even said a word. I know uh, previously I was, we started reporting, I was talking about having an argument with my internet provider, you know, over the quality that I've been having here lately. Uh, you know, Amazon was just like, hey, you know, we noticed that you restarted this a couple times. We saw that you had poor quality. You know, we checked it out. Here's your money back. And it was cool, you know. It was it was cool, but you know we we saw onward in the home like this, and we saw Trolls World Tour in the home. Well, I mean, I, I make the perpetual joke about <laughs> I'm younger than you guys, um, but when it comes to that that angle of how to view a movie, I'm old school. I'm an old man. I, I, I there's something about the theater experience to me that's just special. Yeah, and I don't want that to go away. Um, now, I, I, I can get on board some of the same-day releases and give people the options. And I think that's probably coming. Um, it'll, it'll come to that down the road. Um, but there's something just special about the theater experience. Well, no, Jamie, I do agree. There is something very special with the, with the movie theater experience. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, sadly, it's turned into, you know, your blockbusters, your Marvels, your Star yeah. Wars, your, your Nolan movies, just like you're saying. Um, you know, that has turned into the movie-going experience. You see that on the big screen wrapped around you with the sticky floor and the broken seat and the guy beside you elbowing you in the ribs because you know, the seats are too close. But 
Not anymore, they won't be. (laughs) But you lose so many of these experimental movies about these movies who are reaching for something more than they could be for these up-and-coming studios, up-and-coming directors, really get lost in these tentpole uh, theater things. As Dwayne Strokes is... His goatee <laughs> talks about the, the man. <laughs> well, to, 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 fin- to finish off Universal versus AMC, and then we can move on. Um, I think this is just two threatened businesses posturing. Um, I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think when, it, when there's money to be made and they're both in trouble, I think they're going to compromise. Yeah. I, think, I think AMC will show Universal movies when they need the money. Um, when Universal has a big movie, they will show it because they want the money. Uh, and they'll compromise. Maybe instead of same day, Universal will do like a week later or a 14, like 14, two weeks you know, later. Yeah. It'll be an earlier VOD release, but it won't be same day. I think we'll come to some kind of compromise. And we'll, they'll, I mean, these are two threatened businesses that need the money. They'll, they'll find a way to you know, show each other's stuff. I mean, they'll, they'll yeah. make it work. Oh, yeah. This is just Sony, Disney, and Spider-Man all over again, but with all kinds of movies. So. Well, that's the closest we're going to get to Trelawney time this week because there are no movies in theaters right now. So Yeah, we uh, have checked our tea leaves. We've looked into the crystal ball. Uh, it's just a blur. There's nothing yeah. But we've got a new segment in place of Trelawney time. Venture into the upside downside. Um, <laughs> we're going to work on it, guys. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to do here is we're going to take one of our news items and talk about uh, the upside and the downside of how it could go. Like, how could it go wrong? How right could it go? And so we're going to focus on Taika uh, directing Star Wars. And so, uh, Dwayne, you seemed slightly less than enthused earlier. How do you think this could go wrong? Well, I'm concerned that the, you know, when you write stories, I think the problem with the sequel trilogy is that you had writers and directors, you know, they didn't have a cohesive story as a through line, for one thing. You had each director trying to make their own special movie, which is great. They need to have their own flavors. But what they need to be making is a Star Wars movie. George Lucas made Star Wars movies because, you know, that's what he made. Well, I don't think that, you know, even when Irvin Kershner, you know, directed Empire Strikes Back, it was still a George Lucas movie. You still had the clunky dialogue. You still had the broad strokes of good versus evil. You still had characters that were so archetypical you cared for them. You had humor, but you had humor that was because Han Solo was funny. Because Harrison Ford just, you know, done his own thing. Taika Waititi, I don't want to see a Thor Ragnarok humor. <laughs> you know, just, you know, a Star Wars comedy, so to speak. It's not a, you know, Star Wars is a situation. It's not yeah. a situation comedy, you know. <laughs> um, I'm just, I, I, I like his take on things. I like his view. I just don't want him to to lose, which I think Disney really, truly already has lost those broad stripes, you know, of the of the galactic scope of, you know, the, the, the good versus evil, the archetypical, you know, heroes and villains, you know, the bad guys all black. You know, the his his minions are basically in skeleton armor. You know, the good guy's a farm kid, you know, who discovers he's this great potential warrior. Yeah, I just don't want that to be lost in 
a, you know, a Thor Ragnarok, you know, which really. You don't want to see Jojo Vader? I don't want (laughs) to. Come on, imaginary Vader. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Luke walking, you know, being carried on Han's back and Han saying, I need help. I need help and throw Luke at the guys, you know. You know, and I, I'm actually, I want to come back with an upside. Okay. I, okay. I, I want to kind of do it. I think that that Tyke's brand of humor will work really well in star Wars. You know, I think that, you know, you specifically said it Han Solo was really a funny character. You know, Harrison Ford played some great one-liners and I think Taika can bring that. You know, I know you mentioned Thor Ragnarok. And yeah, Thor Ragnarok, I love it. But it could be over the top in some places, dialogue-wise. But Jojo Rabbit was a much more quirky, quick-witted dialogue. And I think that would fit really well in the Star Wars universe. And I think when Star Wars can balance their humor with their action is when it works the best. And, you know, the, even in the, the sequel trilogy, some of my favorite scenes were the scenes where there was that little bit of interaction between, say, Finn and have some humor injected. So I think Taika could bring, bring an upside to this personally with that quirky dialogue uh, or maybe just do Tag and Bink. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a Tag and Bink movie. <laughs> that would be the only Star Wars comedy I'm ready to accept. <laughs> well, what if what if they've hired Taika to do a trilogy of the Knights of the Old Republic? Because we we've all talked about how much we would like to see the Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. come back as a TV show or a movie, something Disney Plus series, whatever. Um, I think we give him a trilogy, um, let him do some serious stuff. Maybe have the third movie of the trilogy be that sort of epic scope of like Thor Ragnarok, you know, third act type deal. I think Taika can pull that off. And I, 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 I mean, he is a very distinctive director. He's got a distinctive voice. He's a distinctive storyteller. Um, and so I think with a, a small amount of reining in to make him vibe with the, you know, with the rest of the Star Wars universe, I don't see much downside here. I, I think, I think Taika has a good sense of humor. I think Star Wars should be funny. Um, and so I, I, I think it'll work. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Sorry, Dwayne. Uh, well, I mean, I think Tyker could possibly, <laughs> I think he very well possibly could, you know, get the, the scope, the mythology of it down. And he does have a, a good, dry, witty sense of humor, you know, which is what I think works best in the Star Wars. You know, it just, just, just the dry, deadpan delivery. Oh, that's, that's a pretty funny line, you know, these guys, you know, but I, I'm just worried that he goes too over the top. I'm just worried that he's going to go too over the top with it. That's, well, that's see, I, my... I, I, would, I would only be concerned if he's doing episode 10. Um, I think Taika needs to be off in his own corner, doing his yeah. own thing, with, with, not with new characters. I think if we're going to keep going and, and de- out of desperation and bring back Ray and Kylo somehow, um, then I, I, I think that maybe he wouldn't be the best fit for that. But if we're letting him do his own thing, tell his own story with new characters, I, I don't, I, I'm not concerned. All right, so for our next quest, there's going to be hopefully all upside and no downside as we venture way back in time for another difficult Keanu connection, and we're going to watch Tron. 
Yes. Yeah. 1982 Disney's first foray into computer animation. Mm-hmm. I really am nervous about the counter connection, guys. <laughs> it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a doozy. I do not doubt it. All right, guys. Well, get out your light cycles and keep it nerdy. <laughs>